Welcome to Escrow Out Loud, the SF real estate podcast from Jackson Fuller Real Estate. Experts on San Francisco real estate since 2002. Podcast notes with links available at jacksonfuller.com slash podcast. Hi there, I'm Britton. Today is Thursday, April 2nd, and my guest today is Dan Hershkowitz, a well-known San Francisco risk management expert who often shares his expertise with fellow colleagues on social media, and his opinions here are offered without warranty, they're not legal advice, and they're his opinion alone. Hey, Dan. Hi, Britton. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, thanks for coming on. How are you doing from much more than six feet away? Yeah, so I am across town. Here's the good news. I won't say which, but my wife and I live next to a golf course, which is closed. So we've been letting the dog run around on the golf course. I bet happy is happy. He is. Yes, he is. Thank you. Good. So what, tell me um, what we talk about today. So um, in light of the, uh, the pandemic, we know that the California Association of Realtors has put out a new um, two new forms to help realtors get through uh, transactions during this time. And uh, so let's just say I've got a buyer in contract. What would their options be during the shelter in place order? And what's the best form we should use to put an update in writing? Sure. So the California Association of Realtors have issued four new forms, which are related particularly to COVID-19 and the coronavirus. One of them is an addenda or an amendment to the existing real estate purchase transaction. And that can be an addenda or an amendment to the SFAR, to the PRDS, or to the CAR form itself. And it's both an addenda and an amendment, meaning as an addenda, it can be used with a new offer and get attached to that offer. Or as an amendment, it can be used with an existing offer. And so we can talk about both of those if you'd like. Yeah, why don't you um, explain uh, what would, how, why would it be used as an amendment? Okay, sure. In what situation? So we have two different situations. One situation would be we're in contract and the buyer still has contingencies. In that situation, the buyer likely has a right to walk away from the contract. The buyer, of course, always has to act in good faith, but they would have the right to walk away if they're unable to obtain whatever that contingency required within the time period. So let's say it was a finance contingency. In that circumstance, even though we're already in contract, it might make sense to add the CAR form, which recognizes the COVID emergency, recognizes that third parties may not be able to perform as we always require them to and count on them, and also recognizes that the buyer and the seller may not be able to perform, not because of anything they've done, but because of these unique circumstances. And it gives a delay period of time. And it, says that it. The, and it says at the end of that period of time, if we still can't move forward, then either party can cancel in good faith. So it, ex- okay. so it extends all those contingencies, right? But there's also another circumstance. Imagine we were already in contract, but we were in a pending state. The buyer had removed all of the contingencies. 
and the seller had already done everything the seller was required, for instance, provided all of the disclosures, etc. In that instance, the seller wouldn't necessarily be interested in signing this form and allowing the buyer an out, right? Right. So what that form has done is it was drafted originally with that defect, but after some urging, it got redrafted. The new one was introduced on Monday, and there's now a little box in paragraph 4B that if you check that box, it says at the end of this period of time, this extension period, both parties are put back in the same position they were. And if the seller had the right to issue a demand to close escrow and then hold the deposit or sue for damages, the seller still has that right. So that form can be used in all circumstances. You just need to understand how to use it. Okay. No, that makes sense. And um, I'm sure you'll be seeing quite a few uh, downloads of this form um, in this very uh, tumultuous time we're going through, I'm sure. Yeah, it certainly is. One of the other things, though, Britton, I think is really important to remember is when we're writing an offer now, and there are plenty of offers being written still, is just think about all of our contingencies, right? So imagine that you wrote a regular finance contingency, and it said... 21 days, or maybe even 30 days, right? You gave yourself plenty of time. What would happen if on 20, day 28, you get financing, or at least you get an approval, and then your client removes that contingency, but 10 days later, because the circumstances have changed and, and the positions of the banks have changed, and who the hell knows what's gonna change, they're still not, they changed their standards. And now they're not gonna fund. So one of the things that we've been talking about with the clients is, why doesn't that finance contingency just remain through the whole period? So the entire transaction is contingent on financing. And that's something that I'm, I've been suggesting lately. Yeah, it hasn't happened any of our transactions, but I have heard from, uh, from some of our colleagues in San Francisco that loans have been called at the, at the ninth hour. And uh, that's, that would uh, be a very good reason to have a contingency and through closing. And, uh, which is obviously not a uh, standard practice that we've had in San Francisco for quite some time. Right, exactly. But as you can imagine, a seller is going to be a lot more flexible because this is clearly a buyer's market. An another one that's sure. interesting is the appraisal contingency. So right. I had to ask a lender friend, I said, there must be a period of time after which the appraisal is stale. So imagine you got into contract four weeks ago or maybe five weeks ago, and you thought you were gonna be closing last week, but things have changed, right? And you're now dealing with a new lender who's, has new, who has new standards, who knows what it is. And at some point, what's interesting is the appraisal is gonna become stale and they're gonna send an appraiser out, not to the property, but to run comps again. And I gotta think that the comps are gonna look different in three weeks from now than they did, for instance, four weeks ago. And Absolutely. if they do change, then the buyer is sitting there, perhaps with or without a finance contingency, having already removed their appraisal contingency perhaps, and now in a position that they need to put down more money. So I'm also suggesting that when we write an offer, 
if we write it into additional terms somewhere, that the appraisal contingency remains in effect. And if a second or supplemental appraisal is ordered, that the appraisal contingency is, um, I can't even think of the word right now, but it applies to that as well. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Reinstated or applies to the supplemental just as well. So what did your lender friend say about the, uh, what's the shelf life of an appraisal? So it depends apparently on the bank, but most common is 60 or 90 days. Okay. Yeah. Interesting times. Yeah. Um, another one that we've been seeing is I can't see the property. Can I have a contingency to go look at the property? Right. Right. And so I would suggest that if you use the car COVID addenda and you have an investigation contingency, that that would be enough. But if you want to add additional language that says subject to visual inspection by the buyer who is prevented from doing so now because of these shelter in place, buyers shall have five days from their visual inspection to cancel the contract in their sole discretion, that would be something that would be easily inserted as well. Yeah, I mean, I know there's there's obviously been the the, the raging discussion about should um, what is the 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 CAR guidance and SFAR guidance about showings and um, are real estate agents considered um, essential or providing an essential service and and all of that, but it really. Um, if we, if we follow the shelter in place and we don't leave our homes except to go to the grocery store or the pharmacy or for exercise and people, um, potential buyers write off or subject to visual inspections, I guess you would have to start the, you go into contracts and they just sort of sit there for a long time, right? I mean, I guess you could start getting your loan, but maybe the buyer doesn't want to pay for an appraisal until they actually see it, which they might not be able to do until after the shelter in place is lifted. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you have a couple of choices. So what's nice about the car addendum for this particular purpose is it sets an outer limit and it says that, listen, we understand that these COVID circumstances may prevent us from doing the things that we ordinarily would be able to do. And we're going to notify the other party if we're unable to perform as we typically would because of these circumstances. And they provided a form for that. And you check a box that says, I, I'm sheltered in place. I can't go see the property. I'm sheltered in place. I can't do my walkthrough. I'm sheltered in place. I can't do whatever it might be, right? Um, right. And, but it sets an outer limit of 30 or however many days you wish to add to this contract. And at the end of that period of time, if this thing still hasn't lifted either party can cancel the contract and they can do so interestingly without first issuing a notice to perform. So you got to make sure. You I check. noticed that. Yeah. I'm not sure that I agree with that, but that's what Carr has decided. Um, you got to make sure you calendar it. Right. But I suppose that as time gets close, both parties can then start to have a discussion, you know, and say, okay, right. we're getting towards the end. What do we want to do? Do we want to extend? Do we want to walk away? What do we want to do? And at that point, your buyer may say, depending on what's going on, I'm willing to buy the place sight unseen. But maybe it's at a different price, right? 
And so maybe there's an amendment of terms that says buyers accepting the property in its current condition, removing all of their contingencies, acknowledging they haven't been able to see the property, but closing anyway at the following new price. Right. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of options out there, Britton. There are a lot of options out there, Dan. Um, yeah. So I know um, these these new forms have uh, been added to the uh, the CAR library, and um, assuming that you know people are still buying and selling real estate throughout California, would you view these forms as required at this point for any transaction? Is that what you would advise? I don't know that I would say required. And so I wanted to make sure, and I say this to my agents, no contractual clause is required. The parties can decide whatever they want. And so it may or may not work for the parties. So for instance, if I was a seller and we're waiting for the buyer to perform, the buyer has removed all contingencies and we're just waiting on performance, but there's a delay because of the lender. I don't know that I feel as though I need to, to sign this form. What I might do is I might say this, you tell me the lender says that you can close on Tuesday and that they can fund on Tuesday, pardon me. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna do nothing. I'm not gonna issue a notice to perform. I'm not gonna issue a demand to close escrow. And come Monday, let's have a telephone call with the lender and find out if we're set. If we're set, fantastic, it'll close the next day and nothing will, and everybody will be happy. If we're not, I'm gonna go back to my client and talk to my client about all the options, including a demand to close and what that means and possible cancellation and possibly retaining the uh, security deposit. I'm sorry, the um, initial deposit. So there are some times when these things make sense and sometimes they don't. But I do think that with an offer, it does make sense because the form talks not only about the third parties who may or may not be able to perform, but it also reminds the buyer and the seller that sometimes they can't perform and it excuses their non-performance. So imagine the seller has an obligation to do an energy and water inspection, perhaps depending on where the property is, a sewer lateral inspection. They just can't do it. There's nobody out there right. to do these things for them. They don't want to breach the contract either. So having an understanding up front and a good faith out if you're unable to do these things in good faith probably makes sense in almost every transaction. That sounds like great advice from Mr. Dantastic. Mm, thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, well, I know you are probably very busy and I wanted to thank you for coming on, but before, well, before we leave, is there any other, um, is there any other advice that you'd like to offer for uh, getting through a real estate transaction at this, at this point? Well, I do think this, and I'm getting these calls all the time. There are a lot of buyers who have cold feet. And I just want to remind everybody that cold feet is not a good faith reason to walk away from the purchase contract. So before an agent communicates to the other side, so before a buyer's agent communicates to a seller's agent that their client has cold feet, you need to have a little sit down with your client and with a qualified California real estate attorney to talk about the contract and to talk about whether or not they have the right to walk away. So I have seen, for instance, a few agents make a mistake in telling the other side that their client is freaked out and then sending a cancellation form citing the finance contingency. 
you're more than welcome to cite the finance contingency, but at the same time telling the other side that your client is freaked out, right, is not helpful to show good faith application of the finance contingency. So, you know, in seeing that, you know, you have to question the other side who's saying that to you. So I've told my, my client who, or my agent who was in that situation, hey, you need to question the other side and find out are they really walking away because they're freaked out or are they walking away because of financing? Financing is a good reason. Freaked out is not one of the good reasons to walk away. That is, indeed it is not. Um, well, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on today. Really appreciate your, your time and your expertise. And, um, I hope you and your family stay healthy and safe. And, um, and I hope, uh, your sweet doggy continues to enjoy that golf course. <laughs> you know, as they say, when this is all over Britain, I know we've already made a lot of promises, but we'll have to get the dogs together for sure. Uh, Maddie and Bowie can't wait. Okay. Take care to you. And thank you very much to Matt. You've been listening to Escrow Out Loud, the SF real estate podcast from Jackson Fuller Real Estate, experts on San Francisco real estate since 2002. Podcast notes with links available at jacksonfuller.com slash podcast.